0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Theron's Thoughts. My is Theron Shetty. These are my thoughts. Sorry, my laundry's getting. to make it a full bit, but um, hope everyone's having a, a good week. Uh, is the pandemic over? I have no idea. I mean, maybe it's tricking us into a fourth wave. I guess we'll find out. But I've been writing comedy uh, when I can, and I think comedy's more writing-based. I think you have to have good jokes behind you. I mean, that's just me personally. I mean, not to compare myself to Shanling, but I heard Shanling say... I'm a writer first and then a comic. That's who I am. Like I'm not really a performer so much, but uh, I've been watching a lot of these hour specials on Netflix or trying to watch. For me, it's unbearable because I think stand-up comedy is something you have to experience in person. And then to do comedy for an hour, that's incredibly hard. In fact, I challenge you, go watch any of these specials. Like they start off strong and then towards the middle, they'll have like filler material and then they'll close strong. Here's the point I'm getting at. Like when I first started doing comedy, I'd watch like comics and Conan O'Brien like do five minute spots or, you know, I'd see them in like in New York City doing 10 minute spots, 15 minute spots. And it's very digestible, short form. And I'm like, oh, I can do this, you know? But the thing is like when you start headlining and like people are paying money to see you, it's a different animal. Like you have to carry that audience for 45 minutes, and comedy is not always copacetic, right? You're gonna perform for like ghetto rooms, white trash rooms, Vegas where they're like loaded. People aren't even there to see you, right? They're like they got tickets for the casino and they're just like got free passes for the comedy show. God knows what. So here's a quick story with a teachable moment. There was a point where I was selling out in these small towns, and I headlined a room in New Hampshire. I sold it out. It was like 400 people, and I was like, oh, it's cool. I'm going to go headline, and then I did it, and I think I bombed. In fact, I know I bombed, but I don't think people knew I bombed. But the worst part was I had to go shake hands with people afterwards, like, oh, thanks for coming, and I was like, man, that did not feel good. And then I was featuring for a friend of mine on the road, and I realized headlining is a completely different beast. I mean, to really keep an audience engaged and interested, and like a seminal moment for me was I went to the Bray Improv, and I watched a... Brad Williams who's not like a friend but he's like more of an acquaintance but he's a really cool guy and he let me watch his set and very impressive right like he just kept that audience going for 45 minutes and something clicked and I was like oh this is how you do it and then I was doing a character right like Bobby Kahn and I was featuring and it got to a point where people couldn't follow me and they were like hey can you come back in a headline so I think I needed that space to kind of figure it out but I was very aware at that moment where You know, it's not all just jokes. You can't just have like a one note thing like joke, 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 joke. There's got to be different colors to your set, like a a symphony, right? Different levels, different waves. This isn't a movie. Like movies have character arcs, plot points to keep an audience, you know, entertained. Uh, Comedy clubs, people are drunk and they have to watch you. And all you have is your words and a microphone. You have to ask yourself, what type of comic do I want to be? I mean, for me, it was always about just writing jokes, like maybe I'll get a writing job. I mean, honestly, it was never like about having a performing career. And the more I did it, I was like, oh, if I want a headline, I have to really, you know, understand this properly. There are some comics who are really famous off their podcast, off a sitcom they're on. And then people buy tickets for their shows, like their zoo attractions. They go pay money to see them. Oh, that's entertaining. Whatever, it's night out. And then there are comics that really just own the stage. You're like, man, what did I just see here? For me, you're going to laugh here, but that guy is a carrot top. I've seen this guy twice in Vegas. And the guy has created, like, he's a you know doing comedy 30 plus years. But he's created a monster act, like an hour, right, with props and stories and whatever. Like, he's just created this beast on stage. And there's a reason why he sells out for, like, 11 years straight uh, at the Luxor in Vegas. Look, I really believe that anybody has a shot in getting famous But becoming a really special comic—that's something which you have to really ask yourself, and you got to put in the work. And sometimes I'm like, do I even want to do this? Like even tonight, I'm like, do I want to drive some shitty comedy club and, you know, get this going again? I mean, I like it, but there's a lot of—it's—it's not easy. I mean, there's a lot of times you're like, dude, I got to headline this fucking show, Jesus Christ! Like, I mean, there were times like when I was headlining as Bobby Conn, and I was like, dude, I cannot do this second show. Like, I'm exhausted. Like it's, it's like a job at that point. I read Steve Martin's book and he even said like the Friday Night Late shows were like, was like being a line tamer, right? For like these huge arenas. I mean, it's work. So anyways, those are my thoughts on the headlining. I mean, you know, whatever you want to do is fine with me. I really don't care. Another thing I would throw in there is who cares what anybody thinks about your act? <laughs> Unless you're stealing It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. As long as you're making a living and you're doing what makes you happy, that's really what counts. So, hey, don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks for watching. Take care.